Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's round two here at the Hroy Morich show. I enjoyed my chat last hour with JJ Dawson. If you missed it, check the archives. We've got um, an on coming up, global sovereignty solutions.substack.com. Check it out. He does. I've, I've very much been enjoying his analysis. So we'll be talking to him. He's former NASA. And I think uh, he decided um, he was forced out because of the the jab, the Pentagon juice he refused to take. And uh, now he's somewhere here with me in Latin America, Latin America, where a lot of people are expatriating to for the end of the world as we know it, or who knows, maybe the actual end of the world. Some news real quick, more uh, Atlantic Council, who I am totally not a fan of, the uh, NATO's basically brain. And I, I remember when there was a hit piece on my podcast with, Francis Boyle back in 2021 by the Associated Press. That article was co-written by the Atlantic Council. And it was very soon after that I got banned from Patreon. But nonetheless, they write, China's de-dollarization message finds a receptive audience in North Africa. So um, NATO and Atlantic Council have their panties in a bunch uh, over de-dollarization they write a coordinated and concerted de-dollarization effort in north africa poses a significant threat to u.s interests in the region and the african continent at large by existing regional trade groupings and agreements u.s policymakers must recognize the gathering financial storm in north africa and respond accordingly so de-dollarization is moving ahead and it's interesting here they also mention cbdc's but I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a lot of reverse psychology going on as well. 5D chess, uh, you know, BRICS was coined by a world, a young global leader and Goldman Sachs. So I think there are a lot of strange g- games uh, being played. We've also got uh, reports that Saudi Arabia and Iran are committed to the Beijing agreement. So again, what this will do if, is, is give more stature to the global south, to China, to Saudi, to Iran, and less to Brussels, uh, London, and Washington, because uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran, they said over the weekend that they are committed to the China-brokered deal to normalize ties. So it's it's China's turn now to play the, to play, um, you know, it's, it's the Chinese century, I, I guess. Uh, also, Philippines to grant Japan access to military bases. Philippines and Japan have started to talks on reciprocal access agreement that would allow the deployment of military forces on each other's soil in case of World War III with China. Uh, also, just a lot of uh, just a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. You know, th- they're boring headlines, but you got to read between the lines. Uh, you know, here's one that's interesting: U.S. investment in Colombo port, a pivotal shift in South Asian geopolitics the u.s has announced a substantial 553 million dollars in a major port terminal project in sri lanka next right next to the cict terminal which is invested and operated by a chinese state-owned enterprise the u.s announcement is a game-changing development that holds significant implications for the geopolitics of south asia 
It serves multiple strategic objectives for the U.S. So a lot of stuff like this going on behind the scenes all over the place uh, as, you know, these power centers are vying for maritime access and monopolies, uh, land routes, pipelines, you name it. Um, and a lot of stuff regarding the, the, the seaways now, the Suez Canal, the Red Sea, on Zero Hedge reports, Red Sea is now largely closed to traffic. That's 8.8 million uh, barrels per day of daily oil transit and nearly 380 million tons of daily cargo transit. Global traffic now will be rerouted around Cape of Good Hope, adding 40% to voyage distance and even more to cost um, from Alex Thompson's Telegram channel. A military analyst contacted him um, and says, you know, things are getting interesting. Several Korean, Australian and Japanese warships are joining the fray in the vicinity of Yemen. Israel has sent a fleet of four corvettes to the southern end of Suez. The U.S. Navy destroyers Kearney and Mason are being reinforced by the Eisenhower and its remaining escorts in uh, Philippine Sea alongside uh, other destroyers. Mm, there are three Chinese warships holding station near Djibouti, but no sign of them entering battle. Hong Kong stopped sending ships to Israel yesterday. Uh, it's getting crazy. Uh, the drive war zone reports that newly formed Operation Prosperity Guardian is going to protect Red Sea shipping. Uh, a soon to be announced multinational effort to protect Red Sea shipping comes after the US and UK downed 15 Houthi drones over the weekend. Um, also, Newsweek reports US allies ominous warning about China flashpoint. A Philippines envoy to the US has warned that the present phase of tensions the South China Sea could turn into a flashpoint, what I've been talking about for months and years now. Watch these different flashpoints that could start, well, flashing. Uh, um, also, what else we got going on that's interesting? EU um, talking about war, uh, Putin uh, as well. Spain finds almost 2 billion euro missing due to absence of Russian tourists. So $2 billion less for Spain because no more Russians. Um, and some Gaza news, civilians trapped in the church in Gaza City are living in an unreal sense of fear. Uh, so basically, you got um, Christians now trapped in the church. Uh, it's almost like what happened in Bosnia, in Sniper Alley, as it was in, in, in Sarajevo. I think some people have been shot, shot uh, in the church uh, and by, by the Israeli forces and, and IDF. And now even U.S. defense chief in Israel is pressuring Netanyahu government to scale back the killing uh all right uh, a reminder to give tnt radio a follow we are on all the major social platforms as well as alt tech platforms don't forget those uh, facebook twitter x instagram gab gatter subscribe to our youtube rumble and odyssey if you haven't already we've got a telegram as well if you go to the website there are new social media channels there so i i've already subscribed to the tnt radio uh, telegram help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on tnt radio your voice heard here. The government needs to step up and do its job. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. A new agreement between Germany and Lithuania will lead to German troops' first permanent foreign deployment since World War II. How about them apples? Here with the story, joining me once again, TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Rory. I can't help but feel like there's a lot of historical news events happening already today uh, and the week's just getting started but we are approaching the end of the year so maybe it's time to hurry up and get all the big breaking news events in before it's too late 
Uh, this announcement was made uh, Monday today in Lithuania, where Defense Minister, oh boy, Arvidas Anasaskis met with his German counterpart Boris Pistorius to outline a multi-year, quote, roadmap action plan, end quote, uh, involving approximately 4,800 permanently stationed German soldiers. Both officials called the move a historical moment, not just for their nations, but for NATO as well. German troops, including those with families, will be stationed in the Lithuanian cities of Konas and Vilnius beginning in 2024, with most troops deployed in 2025 and 2026, and full operation capability expected by the year 2027. In turn, Lithuania has committed to providing all necessary civilian and military infrastructure. The agreement was originally announced in June, but no timeline was presented at that time. Um, on, uh, according to Anasaskis on Monday, according to a press release, quote, the German commitment of permanently stationing a brigade in Lithuania is a historical step for both Germany and Lithuania. We are turning over to a page of even deeper strategic partnership. He went on to say, quote, the German brigade will significantly increase our defensive potential and enhance NATO deterrence and collective defense. The roadmap signed today lays out in detail the track we and Germany will take to implement it, end quote. Pistorius said the move was a positive step in defense relations, considering the lengthy war between Ukraine and Russia, the latter of which borders Lithuania. Belarus, a close ally of Russia, also borders Lithuania. Um, Pistorius said in the release, quote, Germany understands clearly the new state of affairs in security politics. We are taking the role of leadership and responsibility in the NATO alliance as we deploy a combat brigade in Lithuania. We will ensure reliable deterrence and we will be ready to defend NATO. We are sending a clear signal with this step to those who present a threat to peace and security in Europe, end quote. The plan apparently was formulated by experts within the two defense ministries. Most of the German troops will be stationed in the territory of Rudin, Rud, Rudinkai military training ground, while the rest will be deployed in the town of Rukla, where more uh, where I'm sorry, some 1000 allied troops already reside. Logistical hubs will cater to the new brigade, which will include three maneuver battalions in addition to combat support and supply units formed by new and existing units. Uh, and then we've got the 203rd Panzer Battalion based in North Rhine-Westphalia and the 122nd Armored Infantry Battalion based in, Bavar in Bavaria. They're going to get shipped over and moved to Lithuania. Lithuania's Enhanced Forward Presence Battalion Battle Group will be transformed into a multinational battalion to become, according to the release, quote, an integral part of the brigade, end quote. Uh, finally, Lithuanian lawmaker 
Lornius Cassunius, head of the Parliamentary National Security and Defense Committee, said the country will allocate 0.3% of its gross domestic product over the next several years to help fund the deployment and to build housing, training grounds, and other infrastructure for the German troops. He said that taxes will likely have to be raised to accommodate this plan. How convenient, Herbori. More taxes for the plebes to build up this version of the military-industrial complex in Lithuania. What do you think? I think, um, like I've said before, they're getting ready for the party. And, uh, you know, on adding to this, I've seen headlines just uh, today, the debut, the, over the weekend, Germany considers bringing back military service. Germany is looking into ways to bring conscription back after the country's defense minister said abolishing it was a mistake. They're evaluating, evaluating models to bring back military service as it struggles to attract recruits at a time when it's seeking to boost troop numbers. The U.S. as well is struggling to attract recruits. Uh, if, I, if I'm getting this, I, I just uh, scanned this headline today, I think 40 plus thousand. Um, the, the U.S., I think the military fell short with by 40 plus thousand uh and, and i guess that's no surprise you know there was an exclusive article published today as well the u.s army faces TikTok mutiny as gen z recruits uh whine about low pay uh crappy food and fitness tests while on bases in uniform uh and also the german defense minister warned that the eu should prepare for war by the end of the decade and i think that's where we're headed you know i've had guests on my podcast in the past uh, brandon weikart uh, martin armstrong uh, who's been with me as well on TNT, I, I should probably get him back. Um, and a, a lot of them pointing out between 2025 and 2030, uh, the, the odds for World War III are just will uh, increase. And I think, like I said before, the governments need war. They want war. The globalists want war. The bankers want war. It's, it, 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 you know, it's, it's a calling. Um, it's a great scapegoat for the debt collapse. Uh, it's a great way to build back uh, better. Implement these new systems like we're seeing in Ukraine now. The Dia app, they want to bring in like the cashless. You know, you've had Ukrainian ministers or governors say that they want to go cashless now in, in, in Ukraine. Going back a year or two, there were these reports. And so I think we're headed for more and more war. That's just my logical extrapolation. I am anti war, but I'm just making the cold calculation. Um, your, your, your further thoughts uh, on this news? They're they're date setting it too. Did you notice that they want it, they need to be fully ready by 2027, which would fall squarely in your your prediction you just brought up there about between 2025 and 2030, right? So maybe that's a, that's a good year. Uh, put that on the calendar, folks. World War Three coming soon, 2027. It's kind of an esoteric number too in numerology because if you take the the two and the two and the seven in the numbers and put them together, you get eleven. Uh oh, what does that mean? Who knows? But maybe something. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll get my next guest's opinion as well. His Twitter feed is fantastic as he's commenting on some of these um, things. Uh, one of his recent ones, uh, where is it? He said that uh, you know he's commenting on the headline regarding the um, um, U.S. planning one more aid package to Ukraine later this month. He says the U.S. is proxy war in Ukraine isn't over anytime soon. Wouldn't be surprised if there's a major false flag over there in early 2024 either or even some kind of cyber attack on the U.S. other ally to then blame on Russia. Or we're seeing now the uh, the, the Israeli cyber attack against Iran, taking out 70% of their uh, petrol stations. And we might the West might experience all of a sudden uh, uh, an Iranian cyber attack, and then we can blame 
you know, they, they got to switch things up a bit. Before it was the Lusitania type stuff in Pearl Harbor, and now it's going to be cyber attacks. And um, we can go, we'll um, get off to the races uh, when it comes to World War Three. All right, Ruckus, have a wonderful evening. Thanks for your uh, analysis. We've got um, the guy behind Global Sovereignty Solutions dot substack dot com uh, coming online with us. Former NASA, he's expatriated to Latin America. Uh, send in your questions or even feel free to call in. We'll be right back. Jeremy now on TNT Radio. Being South African, I'm, I know the situation and it's incredibly dire. Basically, our farmers, mostly white, have been under attack for years and years and years. And when I say attack, I mean that physically, don't I? Yes. Um, since the dawn of democracy in South Africa, since 1994, we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day. Um, so it averages around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year. And we had a farm murder on average every fifth day. Um, but over the last few months, both of those numbers have picked up. Murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. They've launched a new service called Wake Up Your Neighbours where you can get copies delivered to the streets right around you if you don't want to do it yourself. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk Today's News Talk Radio. Now we're talking. TNT. Joining us on his maiden TNT voyage is Chris, the founder of Global Sovereignty Solutions. He's former NASA and he's now expatriated uh, to greener pastures here in Latin America and writes about parallel systems, international diversification, and much more. Subscribe to his stack, Global Sovereignty Solutions, that's substack.com, and check out his um, X, Twitter, X, uh, at Global, uh, S-O-V-S-O-L. Welcome to TNT, Chris. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I'm glad I stumbled somehow upon your... Um, Twitter X and then onto your Substack. I, I think it's through the uh, sort of expat uh, accounts like My Latin Life, who I've had on the program, uh, and 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 uh, others. And I'm very much enjoying your analysis. And be before maybe getting your take on what's happening in the world, if you want to tell us uh, whatever you'd like to tell us about your background, you say on your Twitter that you were forced out of your NASA job due to the Pentagon juice, as I like to call it, or DARPA gene therapy. And then you've moved to uh, Latin America. Sure, yeah, I call it the doom juice, the holy elixir. It goes by goes by many names, right? Um, yeah, it's 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 also interesting with the X algorithm. Sometimes, well, most of the time, my account is is heavily suppressed, shadow banned, and blacklisted, whatever you want to call it. And I've been outright suspended for saying the wrong things. And you know, the two CEOs, the the former and the current, they they talk about releasing the list of words that 
that will get you on these on these lists, but they never have. So it's it's this big crapshoot. So sometimes people find me, sometimes I find other accounts that are great. It's kind of a it's kind of a crapshoot. But yeah, a little bit about me. Um, I'm originally from the states, obviously, and my background is in supply chain management, and ended up in the aerospace industry where I worked for years and supporting various DOD programs. I ended uh, my last two years supporting the Artemis program, which is sending the the next astronauts to the moon and then Mars with the same capsule. And it was a very international effort with the European Space Agency and various contractors within the US and I believe France as well. And yeah, I, I was working remote for a good 18 months. I was a senior level guy earning six figures and really good performance reviews. And I saw the writing on the wall because I I had been writing and, and knew about these, you know, where this was heading. And I, I knew that there was going to be this mandate. And I fortunately had positioned myself financially and, and within other means to, to bear the brunt of it. And basically, um, I had established my residency for Mexico already. So I just, and then they give you the six months to then visit the, the immigration office within Mexico. So I already had that in my back pocket because I, I was trying to position myself. And so, yeah, I, I, I was forced out of that. Um, people thought I was crazy. You know, you're going to go live in Mexico and you're going to, you know, you're going to quit, you're going to leave this job and, and whatnot. But looking back on it, I, it was definitely the right move. And yeah, I, I started doing some, some business consulting, supply chain logistics operations, because that's my background and I have a lot of experience in that. And I was doing that from Mexico and I now have my permanent residency in Mexico. I'm currently in Colombia, which is another one of my, home bases, but I, I spend a lot more time in Mexico where you're at as well. That, that, that's fascinating. Um, and you know, Mexico, I, I, I keep thinking like, I, I just enjoy life here in Mexico. I'm a Mexican national. I became a naturalized citizen in 2018. So I got three passports, three citizenships. I'm very uh, happy with that. And, um, I, I just don't feel like leaving Mexico. It's, it's just nice here. It's sunny. It's low cost of living. Um, uh, yeah, you got security issues, but Hey, I'm still alive after more than over a decade, uh, here. And I, I've had on guests recently, maybe, maybe just to go further on that theme. I had Ben Massman. Um, he, he's created a community out in Panama. He's a Texan, uh, you know, Mikel Thorup of expat money has been on the program. He's down in Panama. There's a lot of folks in Paraguay, uh, like Doug Casey and Matt Smith who I've interviewed. Um, and so, you know, any wider thoughts when it comes to Latin America and, and people thinking about uh, moving down here, what are some of your favorite spots and, and you know, what's uh, what's so great about Mexico or, or, or Colombia? Well, I think Mexico in particular, it's it's been a hotspot for the freedom community for years and decades now. And you have an Acapulco put on by Berwick and others that's held every year, every two years in, in Acapulco. And it's been it's been a, a magnet for these types because there's in a lot of the developing world, you know, you go to Eastern Eastern Europe, parts of Asia, but really in Latin America, just because of the levels of bureaucracy. Um, and and it seems like everybody you meet somebody on the street and their their uncle, their cousin works at the immigration office or some government office. And it's just it's easier to kind of get things done. Right. Money talks a lot, a lot more down here. And, and the analogy that I use is that to be to take advantage of that bureaucracy and and those kind of loopholes in, in the West, let's say, you have to be from a really connected family or you have to be in top in that top one percent or so of wealth where you have those kind of connections. It's much more egalitarian in a way when you're in these parts of the world. And when I try to explain the freedom that's down here to say like a conservative American 
Um, and I always was kind of on the conservative side. And then COVID hit, like so many of us, we went further kind of to the right. Um, but you don't you don't necessarily have the First Amendment or the Second Amendment. You can't own guns in in Mexico and particularly Paraguay's very you can own as a resident, you can own AR-15s and nine millimeter handguns and a variety of firearms. But there's there's just more of that bureaucracy to kind of take advantage of and and you can you can kind of squeeze through the cracks a little bit more just because of the the lack of efficiency. And when we think about a CBDC and these digital IDs two topics that I write extensively about, that's all enabled by these smart cities. And what are the smart cities enabled by? The internet of things, the 5G, the Starlink, the 6G that's coming out. Um, so when you go to a place like Colombia or Mexico, or even places that are further behind, they're, they're literally 10, 15, 20 years behind in terms of the technology. So it gives you that more runway um, to, to avoid a lot of these things, build these parallel systems as I talk about. I mean, I think, both Colombia and Mexico, about 70% of the, the point of sale purchases are still in cash. So maybe they could do a CBDC or something like that. And, you know, like the like Medellin's a smart city, Mexico City is another one of these kind of WF smart cities. You want to avoid those. And they'll those will be the front runners, the pioneer cities in terms of the developing world getting this kind of Klaus Schwabian, you know, nightmare tech, whatever you want to call it. But you go out to the tier two cities, tier three cities, or a little bit more rural. Good luck. I mean, how are you going to really do this to these to these corner markets where you get to know the the vendor that that works at the farm or the local rancher? And you could do this to an extent still in the U.S., but in the West, but not nearly to the same extent that you can in, in places like we are right now. Yeah, and and what what you mentioned, I, I'm living in the second biggest city in in Mexico, Guadalajara, and it's also a smart city. It's called a resilient. Uh, city, it's financed. I mean, these are I, I found actual government white papers. Uh, Guadalajara is financed by the Rockefeller Foundation to push cashless systems, pre-crime, uh, all this sort of insanity. And so, uh, I'm I'm working on ways to mitigate uh, living in a smart city. I'm not afraid. I'm just you know, uh, kind of like you say. I think e even th there will be loopholes. Uh, and uh, as there always has been in uh, history. And I also did read about Sal El Salvador, I think. I'm not sure if this is true, but they're offering maybe citizenship or a path towards citizenship with a passport. If you've got a million dollars worth of uh, Bitcoin to invest in El Salvador. And you mentioned Anarcapulco. Um, you know, next month I'm going to be at the Greater Reset in Morelia here with um, Derek Bros. Derek and then Bros. in February, yeah. yeah, in February, I believe I will be uh, at Anarchapulco my first time. Our TNT, TNT's own Charlie Robinson will be the MC there. And I think uh, Patrick Henningsen uh, might be there as well. So we're going to have a t good TNT presence out there in Anarchapulco. Uh, by chance, are you going to be there, Chris? No, I, I, I was thinking about it. I I'm still in Colombia, and I'm trying to figure out where I'm going next. I'm still a bit nomadic. I, I like to be nimble, especially where the world's going. But I'm just wondering. I haven't been following Berwick's updates, but how was how was Acapulco doing? Are they they're still going to be able to have it there? I guess, huh? I I think they're slowly recovering. I don't know exactly how Acapulco is um, doing, but um, as last I heard, that the show is uh, the program is going on uh, on Acapulco. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I think people are, they are picking up the pieces now in Acapulco. It was a really bad uh, situation, but uh, Chris, we're going to have to jump to our headlines real quick. We'll be right back. Now, I've got news for you. Give me the news. Give it to me. Give me the news. 
TNT Radio News. News Flash! For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Former President Donald Trump recently criticized the Biden administration's handling of Middle Eastern affairs, arguing that the current situation is out of control. The Financial Times has reported that the European Union is contemplating the suspension of Hungary's voting rights due to its opposition to a 50 billion euro financial aid package for Ukraine. The UK government is committed to investing 2 billion pounds over the next 15 years to advance 11 significant green hydrogen projects marking the largest such initiative in Europe to date. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah, 24-7, 365, we never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's News Talk, this is TNT Radio. We're talking to Chris, who's ex-NASA. He's down in Colombia, and uh, his website is globalsovereigntysolutions.substack.com, doing uh, awesome analysis there and on his Twitter X. And you, you mentioned COVID, you were forced out because of COVID-1984, as I like to call it. And, um, you know, I want to get your thought as to what, what you think COVID, Operation COVID really was from the get-go. I, I said, I believe that there never was a pandemic by definition, whatever it was, that there wasn't a pandemic. Uh, and then uh, I, I felt that it was basically about trying to uh, serve. It served as a pretext to bring in the digital control system, the algorithm ghetto, the technocracy, you know, digital ID, digital passports, QR codes, that that was the principal goal to bring this about uh, worldwide, as well as a pretext to jab people with this, uh, you know, magical uh, alchemical uh, elixir. Uh, and, you know, RFK Jr. talks about how this was a CIA Pentagon operation. Many all of the world's countries went along. Just, uh, you know, briefly your thoughts as to what you think this was all about. Yeah, I think um, in my last article, I wrote about the Hegelian dialectic at length. And basically what this is, is these these people, they, they have this overall agenda. So once you kind of understand the agenda, this is what I try to do with my work as well. I. I, I, I try to give people a framework so that when they see a given news story or something big pops up, they can almost reverse engineer it as like a business process to, to understand, okay, this is, I see where they want to go. So this is how this kind of fits into that. So when we think about their control systems and the precedents that something like this could set, this this Hegelian dialectic acts in this way to help us explain this, where they have this they have this thesis and then the antithesis and then the synthesis. The, the the thesis is the problem that's introduced. Okay, this virus comes on the scene. It's facilitated by this fake PCR test run at forty cycles, forty five cycles, way above what the founder Kerry Mullis even even suggested. He also suggested it wasn't to be used to diagnose viruses as well, but. Um, so the whole thing was facilitated by facilitated by this phony PCR test, and I think it was really to to set the stage of this fourth fourth industrial revolution. I mean, we, we see the excess deaths. I, we all know people that have these weird side effects, never had issues before. Now they have these side effects, um, and people that are just being around other jabbed people, and they're they're on jab, and they're having weird things happening with their menstrual cycles, with women, and all this kind of weird stuff. So I, I think it was. 
it was probably you know it's so multi-layered so multifaceted um i think it was the provable evidence we have now is that it set the stage for further centralization further deference to these supranational organizations like the who the un to basically override national sovereignty and if we think about the West as the biggest enemies to these globalist kind of takeovers, with America being number one with their firearms, their self-sufficiency, their homesteads, and and whatnot, um, overriding national sovereignty is a big deal. So if we take that and we kind of reverse engineer it, like I just talked about, we can see we can get enough clues that that was part of the plan. I think another part of the plan was to really set the stage for climate lockdowns. I've I've wrote a full piece called "Climate Lockdowns Are Coming." And I put plenty of, of articles and, and I, I stand by 2030. It's not just about Agenda 2030, which was expedited from Agenda 21, which was a, their sustainability and, and climate change goals for the 21st century. They've expedited that. So I think 2030 is their big push. And I agree, it's, it's not just like COVID kicked the party off, as I wrote in my last article. It's this is the great reset. We're under we're we're witnessing the great reset right now. And it's not it wasn't just about COVID. It was about the banking system. It was about uh personal sovereignty. It was about, you know, um people that want to get outside of the system. And you just had Klaus Schwab talking in a recent video about libertarianism and how it's such a bad enemy and 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 they need to squash that idea from the from the public consciousness in a sense, right? So they 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 want to centralize power and this allowed them. Um, and it set the stage for further lockdowns. I remember when I wrote about this as well in 2020, they had articles put out saying how how the climate is healing with all these lockdowns. And look look at this precedent that was set, right? Look what we can do if we all coordinate globally under the UN and the WHO and Klaus Schwab. We just have to listen to these guys. They have our best interests at heart, right? And I knew right then that was that was their other play. And I think that in the coming years, the climate change and limiting movement, which is what COVID did as well, set the stage for that. And I think we're going to start seeing more of these 15-minute cities, which is a form of climate change lockdowns. France already has banned short-haul flights if they can, if the if the person can take a train instead. These are all just setting precedents, and they use these crises, just like the Hegelian dialectic, as I outlined, to advance their agenda, something that would take, say, 20 years. If they wanted to do all these little things, they can do it in two years or a month or or, or whatever the, the, the short timeline is. But I think, you know, if we if we look, I think we see where this is going with side effects and excess deaths around the world, particularly in countries that have the, the mRNA tech that was that was um, uh, more more prevalent. Um, we can look at the precedents that it's that that were that were set based on that reverse engineering, like I talk about, what do they really want? And then how does this kind of fit into that? And how is COVID this Trojan horse for the overall great reset, the new world order, the fourth turning, fourth industrial revolution? And and just, you know, one of the things that I worry about, and some of the stuff that you mentioned, I feel like falls under that umbrella, whether it's the, the health, you know, public health, as they call it, WHO and all of that, or, or the climate is, is the algorithm ghetto right the 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 what, what my past guest uh, on my podcast jewish historian edwin black uh calls that's my favorite term for this electronic concentration camp um where it's a caster system everything's digital now your 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 uh you know national ids are digital there's no cash um car ownership is limited 
Um, you got to use Uber everywhere. Even here in Mexico now, I'm noticing that they're talking about Target is going to be open in Mexico. You know, um, most a lot of people use Uber for taxis now here in Mexico. So I, I feel like even here in a place like Mexico, because they've captured the mayors and the governors in Mexico and, and uh, at the national level, uh, politicians and, uh, you know, Rockefeller Foundation is already financing the smart city here in Guadalajara, uh, you know, and um, the, the Mexican politicians are all fully on board with the UN SDGs and all this stuff. It's all coming in and then tomorrow they could just snap their fingers and say, hey, uh, you know, businesses now must only accept digital payments and no more cash and, and stuff like that. I feel like because the infrastructure, even in the third world, Africa or whatever, all you need is a smartphone. Everyone's got a smartphone. All you need is the Internet. You know, you've got now Starlink and in, 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 um, any, anywhere you want. And so I feel like it would be easy to implement this stuff and uh, anywhere on the planet. And so, you know, any further thoughts on the CBDCs, this algorithm ghetto, how, how widespread do you think it's going to be? Uh, will there be loopholes uh, like one of my past guests, legal man? I, I'm pretty cyanide filled. You know, I, I'm, I come from a biblical persuasion and I feel like this stuff is by hook or by crook going to be implemented. I'm going to fight it to the death. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm just pretty cyanide filled. Your, your further thoughts. Yeah, I never heard cyanide filled. I, I hear black filled mostly where there's just it's just damn it. There's no hope. It's it's you know, it's it's I don't like I've I've been in those trenches before. And I wouldn't be doing what I was, what I'm doing right now, if, if there wasn't any hope. And I think that there's always going to be pockets of freedom in countries that are. There's still a lot of money in the world. I mean, the U.S. has so many problems, but there's still a lot of wealth in the U.S. And there's people that are going to want to protect that wealth from the IRS or from whatever. If they 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 don't they don't like Biden or whoever's behind the resolute desk or whatever. So I think there's always going to be pockets of freedom in countries that are competing. And not everybody is controlled to the same level or by the same WEF, Klaus Schwabians. You know, it's 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 kind of a cartoonish way of looking at the world. It's there's so much of the world now because of social media and the algorithms. It's just become black and white, and there's no room for debate. And that's why I personally spend a little bit less time on X because it's a lot of it's very superficial and uh, very fake. So places like Substack and others, they allow for more nuance, more discussion, or kind of higher level discussions. Um, I think I, I'm a, I am a proponent of Bitcoin. I'm not a fan of the full KYC direction that it's going, the public ledger, the cooperation with chain analysis, and their cooperation with various governments around the world. That's a direction that I think Bitcoin's going in a lot of ways. So it's this double-edged sword where you're going to get more price increases and, and valuations. But at the the double the other edge of that is full KYC and you know full transparency. So I'm a I'm a big proponent of Monero. It's a it's the leading privacy coin out there. Um it's it's the de facto currency in the real uh, digital free market of the dark web. And I think that's it's going to have its moment as the CBDCs roll out, and I imagine that the CIA and these other high net worth people that are that are seeing the same stuff, they're probably already deep into this as well. So I think with this, I forget what kind of algorithm ghetto I think you called it. Um, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. If you spend, if you at least have a, a base in the developing world, even if you don't want to live there all the time, and it turns out like. I, I, originally Mexico for me was kind of a plan B and now it's more of a plan A. So if you have at least a plan B or plan C, a path towards citizenship, so that if the West really does go down this, this path and say by that 2030 target I'm talking about, um, 
you at least have that other runway where all these countries they're just they, they, they just they lack the technological infrastructure and there are these smart cities in mexico and colombia yeah you just have to avoid those and those are going to be the the the, the, the guinea pigs in a way of of these systems but i think that being nimble as i try to to, to practice um and having these options and being diversified in as many ways as possible with your investments with your with your income with your residencies with your connections within in all these cities of the movers and shakers those are the people that are going to come out at the other end of this on top and everybody else the 90 whatever percent they're just going to go along with the cbdc's and and, and whatever but yeah, just because they don't have any options. So the, the person, the people that have the most options in the coming years, they're going to be, you know, in, in, crisis, in times of crisis, you could turn a million into 10 million. You just have to know where to place your bets. And you could come out the other side the right way. Um, it's just about positioning yourself in advance and as we go through this. Yeah, even I've started now thinking about, hey, maybe uh, looking at Guatemalan, uh, you know, the, my, my southern neighbor here, Guatemalan, uh papers and, and and residency for myself and my family again um you just never know what's going to uh happen we're gonna jump to our break again chris's website global sovereignty solutions.substack.com find him on twitter x uh, as well there's a lot of material uh, on, on both of those places uh, leave any questions in the chat or email me through the contact form or even uh, feel free to call in we'll be right back with his expert analysis and opinion. This is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Well, there they go again. 147 Republicans voting in favor of extending the unconstitutional FISA Section 702, which the federal government uses to spy on American citizens, as part of the National Defense Authorization Act. And you'll hear the usual complaints. Well, we don't really like that. Well, we had to pass it. We couldn't just say no, otherwise we wouldn't have a military. They always have an excuse, don't they? Why don't you try saying no, just for once? See what it feels like. Democrats aren't going to allow us not to have a military. They make too much money off of it. Come on. What we need is 147 staunch America first patriots with the organizational, oratorical, and let's face it, the fundraising skills to throw their hat in the ring and primary these 147 Republicans. Let's show them who's boss, we the people. Come on, we need to do better. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Even the thought of dementia can feel scary. It's why we put off getting help, even though we've noticed changes in our thinking or memory. But an early diagnosis can change everything, giving you medical help, and a support system around you to help you live better. Start with Dementia Australia's online checklist. Because the sooner you know, the more you can do. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. It's our final segment with Chris of globalsovereigntysolutions.substack.com. Uh, check that out for a lot of analysis on what's going on in the world, um, globalism, building parallel systems. And I, I, I do want to ask you about, since you worked, as you mentioned, on Artemis uh, and at NASA, uh, <laughs> we had this discussion last uh, week. I'm totally not a fan of Flat Earth. I think it's a psyop. But hey, you know, everyone has, I respect their... Uh, 
everyone and, and, and their own opinions. And just, if you have any thought on the flat earth thing, but also um, space, the final frontier, why elites have this obsession with space, um, you know, a, any thoughts on how space sort of factors into the globalist great reset and uh, the, the control grid, you know, there's people talking about how Starlink is being built out to cover the planet. And it's like they, they want everyone to be plugged into the internet. So uh, thoughts on space. Yeah, it's a it's a complicated question. Um, also very multifaceted. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't have a very, you know, there's various levels of security clearances. You can get even within the top secret echelon. There's there's various levels where you can get they you know the, they how do you say you get a surveillance or a polygraph every three months versus one year, or it's a, it's every five years for a polygraph. And sometimes there's there, there's various levels within the top secret as well. So, I mean, I would hear certain things and in Artemis, it wasn't a very high level program just because it was in the news so much, uh, but there's these top level programs, there, there's, there's basically endless budgets for these things. I mean, there's, uh, you hear these stories about the Marines spending $500 on a toilet seat or a stapler. I mean, it's, it's that level of just ridiculousness where they say they need something. Okay. They find the money and they, I don't know where they get it from. Um, they're not calling Biden. There's this, there's this kind of whatever deep state, whatever you want to call it. That's, that's involved with this stuff. And I don't know. I mean, I think flat earth is, um, a bit of a psyop to discredit a lot of the so-called conspiracy theorists to make them look crazy like david ike they they always focus on the reptile angle but you you read a lot of what he says and it connects back to what these ancient religions and philosophies and these mystery schools have always been saying so it's not like he's he's just saying all this crazy stuff but they only select the reptile stuff right um i think flat earth is a lot of that and if let's say it is this we live in this kind of heliocentric model um i think that perhaps um this is just my own suspicions that they want to build some kind of a breakaway civilization they're going to build their bunkers their bunkers like mark zuckerberg and in hawaii and new zealand and, and who knows what's coming for to prepare for that but i think it, it could generally be kind of some elite you know, protection of some bloodlines or something that they want to do off-world if this heliocentric model is, is real. Um, I don't write too much about that. I'm big into a lot of conspiracy stuff, but I just, when I hear the flat earth, it's just so polarizing, no pun intended. Um, but yeah, it's if that was my, that would be my guess. All right, we, we got a call from Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Hey guys, well, yeah, I, I wasn't really flat Earth, but um, the ISS, uh, Jaronism Channel, and Globebusters has done countless hours uh, debunking the ISS. I, I don't even want to, you probably have, haven't taken the time to watch it, but uh, they're on Roxanne YouTube, I think, and all that. Uh, I don't know, I'm not saying it's, you got to watch it for yourself, you know, put in some hours, but uh, I won't take up our time with that. But um, have you run into George Gammon in Medellin? Because I know he's there for the uh, nice ladies and such. So for Jose Nino and all the Manosphere guys, how are the uh, women in Medellin and wherever you've been in Colombia? You having, uh, having luck there? You know how to speak Spanish. And I I know how to dance bachata and salsa and merengue and reggaeton. So if you're a decent-looking guy, um, like I think I am, uh, and you speak the language and you know the culture. I've lived in several Colombian cities, Cali, Pereira, Bogota, and, and Medellin, as well as several cities in Mexico. So 
the the thing is with George, he's he's tall and successful. But um, I just was talking to him a little bit today because he saw this this parrot off his balcony, and I said, "Yeah, I, I see this all the time too." And um, the thing is, he doesn't speak Spanish, so I, I mean, he's tall, successful, but you got to speak Spanish down here. So if someone can can maybe tell him, he he would have a lot more success. But I'm sure he does just fine. So you you do speak with him quite often. No, I don't. I don't know him personally. We were just talking on 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 X today because he uh, he posted that video of that parrot, and I, I I follow him. We we engage sometimes on X, but I've never met him. I'd love to link up with him though. Oh, okay. Well, cool. Thanks, guys. Have a great uh, Christmas. Thanks, hey, you too. too. You too. Uh, interesting question. Um, um, but yeah, speaking Spanish, it's not that uh, difficult. Um, hey, I, I became intermediate in Mongolian just after six months. So, uh, you, you know, if you put uh, enough effort, uh, you, you can uh, go places. And um, you, maybe asking you about the global uh, elites, uh, as you mentioned, your most recent piece on is on how the elites gain uh, power. And as you said, you, you, you're not, you know, completely black pilled and so uh you know we have to keep pushing forward um i enjoy the fights i'm chipper uh and, and and joyous going forward regardless of how i think things might um end up but any other thoughts on you know how the elites gain power and where you think uh, beyond the climate lockdowns you know where you think they might be taking us you know maybe a, a world war three uh or, or or anything else yeah i would i would just add that um fear is their biggest weapon so if we can like i this is why i talk about this hegelian dialectic this order ab chaos the masons called it and they use this this order out of chaos they cause the chaos and they, they create their order from it which usually does not benefit us the 99 percent um i think i've been arguing for months now that we're already in world war three and many people don't want to believe it but I think Ukraine really kicked it off as this proxy war between really NATO, the US and 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 Russia. Um, I also think that a lot of these so-called leaders that they that they show to us aren't really the, the the powers. I think that they use countries as as I call you know, pawns on the chessboard, and they create this illusion that they're they're fighting against each other. But and and a lot of people have so much hope for Russia. He's this traditional, he's trying to restore traditionalism and he's fighting the deep state and all this kind of stuff. I wrote an article titled, No, Russia's Not, not uh, Rejecting the, the Great Reset, something like that. And I just pointed out how a lot of, they, they fell uh, lockstep with a lot of the, you know, the, the COVID theater. And you look at the stories and, and the like Moscow reporting from their news about how the Moscow mayor was, was had vaccination quotas and curfews and and russia's doing all this mrna uh, research and bypassing testing you know they, they test for one month and they, they're going to say that's okay and they're they're researching cbdc's and they're online with a lot of this stuff so i think that um ukraine really kicked it off israel was the next step and if you follow albert pike what he kind of predicted some say the letter was fake some say it was real how the world war three would be basically between the Zionists and and um, uh, the Muslims. And whether that's real or not, I, I think we're kind of seeing it play out right now with, with just absolute chaos and, and crazy scenes coming out of there. So I think there's just, there's going to be probably some kind of a financial reset. They're setting the stage for that right now. Um, who knows when it's going to come. But I imagine a lot more war, a lot more conflict around the world. 
we're seeing the supply chains getting disrupted right now in the Red Sea. Um, and who knows, maybe another pandemic. I don't think they're, they're quite ready for that. I think it's going to be more war and probably financially and, and cyber related. But they're setting the stage for that as well. Whether it's the CIA or Mossad that does it in reality, they're going to blame it on Iran or Russia. And we know how they're already aligned against, you know, kind of the legacy Western countries. So that's kind of tying into this World War Three narrative as well as, as I'm trying to, to, to explain to people. Uh, if we work backwards again, this is what they want. They want a lot less people. War does this. Supply chain issues, famine. You know, they could have some outbreak of some some disease or virus, as well as financial collapse. People can't afford. They're, they're more dependent on the system, the government, these these kind of centralized bodies. So, um, that, I guess that is a little bit black pill. But um, again, it's just about setting yourself up in advance. And and how do you get the most assets and and all this kind of stuff that I already outlined in advance before the stuff happens and even if it doesn't I, I, happen then you're then you're that much more you know ahead than everybody else right yeah and I, I fully agree with you i mean i have i'm we're on the same frequency and i love how you say reverse engineer things and i think i've even in the past used that same term I, my, my view is that they want world government uh, and just you know you just reverse engineer back how do they get us there and it's everything that you and i have been talking about and when it comes to the supply chains and war um yeah i i see exactly the same thing we're two and a half minutes to midnight uh, i i know people can find more information over at global sovereignty solutions.substack.com you talk about as well parallel uh systems and so and any you know last thoughts as well comments on uh things some you know broad basic things people can do when it comes to um, building out a parallel system resisting this insanity and, and whatnot yeah, I think, and this is what I consult with with people on, is everybody's very different in where they're at, and they need to figure out what is the, what is most important to them. Do they have a family? Are they do they have a remote job where they can work internationally? Um, do they have savings in a bank to then qualify for a Mexico residency? Um, when they need to figure out what is most important to them, where they're at, and they can talk to me. There's other people out there too. They can follow my work to learn about how to build parallel systems with their neighbors, how to figure out people to barter with in their community, how to buy Monero, which is untraceable, and then they can they can buy gift cards or they can transact with. Um, there are some very basic things like Monero that they can start doing to regain really some sovereignty. Um, and then there's others that might want to move their business to to Mexico or or to Asia or something like this, where they're still. They, they want to be more sovereign, have this more freedom, but then they, they also need to look at more of the geopolitical risk for their high net worth. And they're worried about a place like Mexico being a, being a victim of a crime because they're maybe a public figure like Yemen or something like this. Um, so yeah, this is all stuff that I do. I, I have my X, my Substack. I have a paid subscription to the Substack where I offer different, different kind of articles. Um, I'm active on both and I'm, I'm actually looking to start a podcast myself and uh, maybe this will give me the, the kick in the rear to kind of, Get that going i have 60 or so articles on my sub stack that i might start you know podcast with and then day-to-day -day stuff and and weekly happening you know, happenings and uh and, and so forth so that's that's kind of on the horizon for me it sounds um sounds awesome hopefully you join us again thank you for being with us on tnt chris uh, again people can hop over your sub stack there's a calendly where they can schedule a chat with you um uh, and, and so forth. So, uh, you know, keep up the awesome work and hopefully we can talk again in 2024. Sounds good. Thanks so much. All right. Global Sovereignty Solutions. That's Substack.com. Check it out. Subscribe. Find Chris over at Twitter as well. Global Soft Soul. Steve Malzberg is up next. So don't touch that dial. 
keep on rocking in the not so free world and be seeing you. <laughs>